What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host, Alex the Marine Ruiz. Matt Bear Kaczynski, gentlemen, five weeks have come and gone in the NFL's regular season. Week six is upon us. We will recap what happened. We will preview what is to come. Lots of storylines as this NFL season begins to unfold and develop. Uh, yeah, we're now getting into the thick of it. We are getting into the thick of it. Things are starting to take shape. We'll get into some of that. We'll have a, an informative and entertaining show as we do each and every week. And as we do each and every week, we'll start it off with our drink of the night brought to you by String Sports Brewery and the Adib family. If you haven't gone to the Springfield location, please do so. Highly anticipated opening of the Beaches location this upcoming summer off of Penman Road. NFL football season means one thing in this house, and that's Miller Lite. Don't stray too far, do you? Nope. Man knows what he likes. Although I may, I may, I may uh, switch it up since it's going to be officially puck drop season for New York Rangers starting tomorrow night. Oh boy, what are we switching up to? Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta come up with a, a, a hockey beer. So we'll figure it out. Hockey beer, uh, LeBlanc Blue. Did I still make that? No, they, they do, but I don't know. I, I'll have to figure it out. I'm, I'm not sold on anything specific yet. I can tell you what to drink. What a hockey beer! Yeah, you ready? Yeah, if you think you know, fucking Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, PBR. Uh, yeah, it probably was. That's a hockey beer. We, we can yeah. contemplate that for sure. What do you guys got tonight? Um, uh, go ahead, Matt. I actually have changed it up a little bit. Okay. So I've got a. I thought they had a different name for it. I guess not. Uh, I've basically just got a Guinness Zero. Okie dokie. Guinness. They apparently, apparently Guinness jumped on the bandwagon, uh, like some other big name beer companies, and uh, I actually have to say it's pretty damn good. All right, Alex, what did you concoct? So I've, I've been kind of under the weather the last couple of days and very seriously considered um, my health in tonight's drinking choice. Okay. Um, and, and then I said, fuck that. So I poured screwball and a actually Bogle's zero sugar vanilla cream soda with it. So. All right. That's what we're going with then. So, yeah, alcohol over um, health. There you go. Always and forever. Always. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into the week that was, boys. You know, we promised our listeners last week that we were going to do better when it came uh, to giving winners. We certainly did. We went six and three on the week uh, when it comes to our bets. So that's always a positive when so, you're three up. So for the season, we're making a little bit of a comeback with 22 and 30 on the season let's get into the recap of what happened week five we'll start off thursday night in a game that if anybody thought it was going to go this way they were lying that was bears and commanders in washington chicago scores 40 that's right chicago scores 40 
Washington refused to cover DJ Moore as he had 230 catches and three touchdowns, and the Bears get their first win of the season, 40 to 20. Rather embarrassing loss for Washington, in my opinion. Uh, moving over to Sunday, we had another London game. This was a big one. Jaguars, week two in London. Bills coming across the pond after their dominant performance against the Dolphins. Jaguars win this one 25-20. to 20. Lots of back and forth. Lots of punts by the Bills. Jaguars did what they needed to do late in the game to put it on ice. Big W for the Jags. Probably a disappointing jet-lagged uh, loss for the Bills. Tons of injuries on defense throughout the game. A lot more to come from that one. Vikings and Chiefs in a game up in Minnesota where the NFL clearly did not want the Minnesota Vikings to win. Justin Jefferson strains his hamstring. He's on IR out for four weeks. Vikings season could be done because of that. Chiefs win 27-20. to 20. Like I said, lots of penalties either called in the Chiefs' favor or not called in the Chiefs' favor. We can d- discuss further. Texans and Falcons down in the dirty south. A lot of people like the Texans in this one after what Atlanta did last week. But for some reason, Spencer uh, Ritter just keeps on winning. Desmond Ritter just keeps on (laughs) winning at home. I don't know how, but he's undefeated at home as an Atlanta Falcon quarterback. They win 21-19. to Bajon Robinson gets his first touchdown of the season through the air. Panthers and Lions, this one was never close. Lions 42, Panthers 24, Panthers 0-5, still looking for that first win. Don't know when it's going to come. Battle in the AFC South, Titans and Colts. Colts win 23-16. They lose Anthony Richardson again to an injury. He's on IR. He's out for the next four games at least. He's only played one full game, and Florida Gators fans are not surprised. Giants and Dolphins down in Miami. Matt refused to spend the $150 to go watch his team get embarrassed in person. Smart decision. He sat on the couch and watched his team get embarrassed in person. Dolphins 31, Giants 16. Giants had to score a defensive touchdown to get their first first half touchdown of the season. It was also the only touchdown the Giants scored in the game as well. Devon A-Chain, big game on the ground, but A-Chain's got some knee injuries. He's going to the IR for four games. Tyreek Hill, obviously another big game. Jalen Waddle found the end zone. Dolphins keep winning, four and one. Saints, Patriots. Last week we thought, okay, Patriots are never going to get embarrassed like that ever again after they lost by 35 to the Cowboys. Eh, wrong. They lose by 34 to the Saints at home, 34 to nothing. Big problems in Foxborough. Tom Brady's not coming back. Ravens, Steelers, AFC North, bloodbath, as this one always is. Lamar Jackson, red zone interceptions. Baltimore Ravens, wide receivers drop three touchdown passes. T.J. Watt, two sacks. Steelers with another defensive touchdown. Steelers win 17-10. to George Pickens with a big game, 130 yards and a touchdown through the air. Eagles, Rams, Eagles stay undefeated. They win 23-14. Cooper Cup looked good in his return, but too much Eagles for the Rams to overcome. Bengals out in the desert against the Cardinals. Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. 34-20, the Bengals win easy. Burrow, 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, monster coming out party. 15 catches, a buck 92 through the air, and three scores. 
Jets, Broncos, mile high, the Hackett versus Peyton game. Jets win it 31-21. Big day on the ground for Brees Hall. Sean Payton may be doing the worst coaching job of all time in Denver. Cowboys 49ers, highly anticipated Sunday night football game. We've said it a million times on this show. That big Dallas star, universal symbol for choke. The Cowboys don't win big games when they need to win big games. They didn't just lose this one. They got embarrassed 42-10. to 10. 49ers clearly the class of the NFC right now. Brock Purdy, four passing touchdowns, three of them to George Kittle, who had his fuck Dallas t-shirt underneath his jersey. Monday Night Football, Packers, Raiders out in Vegas. Raiders win this one 17-13. Jordan Love, three interceptions, kind of shot himself in the foot in terms of the Packers' chances to win. So, boys, that being said, what's your biggest takeaway from week five? Can I use one I used a couple weeks ago? You certainly can. You can recycle. We've got to save the planet. Yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy is him. No, right, Alex says Brock Purdy is him. Four touchdowns. He's has not thrown an interception on the season. So Brock Purdy is him. That's Alex's biggest takeaway. Matt, what do you got? Um, I, I will say, I will say, despite the loss that Houston took against Atlanta, which nobody expected. CJ Stroud is playing an absolutely phenomenal game. Ass, five bro. games in his rookie year. Stuck in what? Ass. Right? Like that what you, you can't you couldn't just stop at Purdy for three. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um no, that's uh it's funny because this is probably something that nobody would ever have expected me uh to say. Uh I have widely been known to talk quite a lot of trash about this college. Um I don't know if it's just him breaking the mold. I don't know if it's just rookie year unknowns and looking good, yep. but yep, there's a combination of all that I think happening, but there is something I will say that you watch Stroud and it does just look a little different than what we've seen Ohio State produce. Um, he just looks like he's understanding ball security. Um, I mean, the kid hasn't thrown a pick yet. Like, like what? Like you're a rookie on like a arguably still kind of bad team. And I mean, they're really not bad, but they're not, we weren't expecting anything. So it's not like they've got like the stud offensive line and like, you know, he did get thrown into a perfect situation. So I think we learned that CJ Stroud might be good. I'm going to say that because yeah. I, you know, y'all know me. I do not crown too quick. I'm still hesitant to crown Bark Purdy. Let's just leave it at that. Like, I think the kid's legit though. I, I have to yeah. change my opinion on that. Alex will be thrilled to know that I finally, Gave in on that one. Um, hey, well, I mean, you can't, you can't rush the judgment five games into C.J. Stroud's career, but so far it's been a good five. Yeah, I'll <laughs> wait until year two for C.J. Stroud to give a, a concern or a discerned analysis of him. Uh, but well, so far, think, five games, he's looked good. I think the interesting thing about both these guys is they – it seems like they know, or the coaches at least, maybe it's, maybe it's just a really good reflection of coaching, which it's very possible. So I've been saying coaching is huge in the NFL right now, almost more than talent. Um, they seem to be able to take chances in the right ways. Like, Purdy doesn't overextend trying to make throws, but he makes the throws he needs to. Um, again, I don't know if that's just their football IQ just being really high or just truthfully just being in the right system that's allowing them to maximize their 
strengths. But yeah, I mean, who who the hell would have thought that at week five, the two quarterbacks, me and Alex, are talking about is Brock Purdy and CJ Stroud. Go yeah, figure. I, I I knew I'd be talking about Brock Purdy, so that's raise one. Yeah, we, yeah, we, touche. No, my no, he, my biggest takeaway from Week Five is that um, the New England Patriots do nothing well, and oof. they've got to te- they've got to tear it all down. They're terrible. They have yeah. to tear it all down. Whether Bill Belichick is around to be a part of that tear down and rebuild is a Robert Kraft decision. But at this point, five games into the season, uh, it is abundantly clear that New England doesn't do anything well on all, in all three phases, <laughs> offense, defense, special teams. They don't have any elite playmakers. Matt Judon is hurt. Christian Gonzalez, their star rookie, is out for the season. They do nothing well. They have to completely tear it down. We'll see what that means in the offseason. But that's my biggest takeaway from week five is that the New England Patriots are dead and they're going to have to rebuild it. Now, that being said, before we get into week six, boys, we've been coming up with a couple of themes, catchphrases, statements each and every week to describe certain things that we've seen from each week. We've done a couple so far the past few weeks. We've got three more new ones this week that we're going to go ahead and throw out there. And our first statement that we've got this week is, I've got 99 problems but blank ain't one. Ooh. Um, okay. I'm going to be corny here. I'm going to be the, I'm going to go with the uh, good old 49ers. And okay. uh, something I already kind of mentioned. Yeah. 99 problems and coaching is not one of them. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan might be, might be the best head coach in the NFL right now from a schematic standpoint. It's just it's just working. Um, I mean, truthfully, if there's been a reflection of what coaching can do, again, he's got talent. I'm not saying that. I mean, look at that freaking defense. Like, what they just did this last week, like, you're like, okay, yeah, I see you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their coach, Shanahan, that dude is – that dude's found something. All right. Alex, I, I got 99 problems, but blank ain't one. Hmm. Hmm. This could go for any team. It can go for any team, any situation. Uh, 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 uh. Mine, mine is the New York Jets. I got ninety-nine problems, but Brees Hall ain't one of them. They've <laughs> got they've got a problem with Zach Wilson being able to win football games. They got a problem with that offensive line now that Elijah Barry Tucker. Is out for the season. The old line was already bad. The defense is severely overrated. They have some marquee names and players, but I'm telling you, the defense is vastly overrated. They got problems, but Brees Hall is definitely not one of them. And that knee is in good shape. Yeah, he's looking good. Um, I would say I got 99 problems, but my QB ain't one. Yeah, and that's who. The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Thank you. Kirk Cousins oh is doing God. Kirk Cousins is doing his best. And now that he's got no Justin Jefferson, he's gonna have to elevate even more. But uh Minnesota's not losing games because of Kirk Cousins. Oh, absolutely not. Man's man's like top three in all categories right now. And people are like, dude, get rid of him. I'm like, he ain't the problem, bro. Dude, I, <laughs> dude what 
look, y'all have known I've been kind of on a Kirk Cousins bandwagon for a little while and a Minnesota bandwagon, but like, I, I don't understand like where this hatred is really coming from. Like, I think it's pretty ridiculous. I literally said, some, oh, man, somebody literally tried to tell me today. Somebody tried to tell me today that Kirk Cousins getting traded to the Atlanta Falcons would not get them closer to a Super Bowl than Desmond Ritter. I was like, are, are you, you out of your damn mind? I was like, you're Bro, joking, right? Kirk Cousins would pick apart the NFC South. Like, it's like <laughs> for fun. He'd be like, yep, okay, I got you. Oh, B. John Robinson, so- I've got you too? Oh, sweet. Cool, I'm going to take three plays off so you get some runs, and then I'm going to go ahead and play action it, roll out, and I'm going to find whoever the hell I want because I'm going to so- pick you guys apart. So, like somebody that, else you know, also suggested him going to the IR for the rest of the season. I was like, dude, stop. <laughs> Why? Yeah, for no, him to, no reason. For no... <laughs> Why? I'm going to – the one problem I will say, though, I don't know if it's Kirk Cousins. I don't think it is at all. But the one thing that is strikingly different about this year is now they're losing the one-score game. So is it just – was it magic last year? Or is there really some weird problem that we don't understand going on? Or is it the running game being different? Well, I think part of the losing the one-score games is we've seen Kevin O'Connell's not the greatest game manager when it comes to how he uses his timeouts, how he manages the game clock. Like, it's starting to cost them late in the games, some of the play calling and the time it takes for them. Like, we've seen Kevin O'Connell has not been the greatest game manager as a head coach. Uh-uh. Fair point. So, our next uh, our next category is – Mama, there goes that man. Mm. So, are we? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? This can be. This can be be whatever you want. So, my example for Mama, there goes that man. It can be either one. I got one for you, then. I mean, I got. All right, what do you got? I got a good one. Go ahead. Mama, there goes that man, Fred Warner, for beating my ass. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. That's Fred good. Warner looked like a complete player against the freaking Cowboys offensive line and Dak yeah. Prescott. That man was yeah, he's, everywhere. He's probably he's probably the best off ball linebacker in the league. Yeah. It was it oh. was ridiculous. He looked like uh whew. Yeah. If any time you've ever wanted to watch good linebacking, go watch Highlight of That Game. Like, enjoy. Have fun. Um, yeah. Man, Mama, there goes that man. Yeah, this might be a little homer pick for me, but, man, freaking Devon A-Chain, dude. Damn it. Yeah. The hell? I mean, dude, listen. how do you run? How, how do you run for what you did and have a knee problem now? Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, well, I mean, and the kids, the kids played three games in the NFL. He's rushed for over 100 yards in each of them. He, he's second in the league in rushing only behind McCaffrey. And he's the only person who's got a chance of being faster than Tyreek Hill. Yep. I'm going to make a comment that's a bold prediction, and it's not going to get too far ahead, but that's going to be a significant hit to the Dolphins. Yeah, well, I mean, we Both know how explosive, how explosive their offense is and how – reliant on speed it is and when you've got that guy who is a factor in the offense at that kind of speed I mean there's no way it doesn't have an impact I mean he's I I called it I I said that that kid's gonna be stud but yeah 
Well, here we are. Now he's hurt for four weeks. Here we are. Now he's out. Now he's out for at least four weeks. Hopefully, it's nothing chronic or serious. My uh, my response for Mama, there goes that man. Mama, there goes that man, Jamar Chase. He's always fucking open. 15 catches, 11. 192 yards, three touchdowns. Burrow realized that, you know what? Just treat it like it's college. Just throw him the ball. Yep. And, I mean, listen, the chemistry was there. Granted, it was against the Arizona Cardinals, who we know they've got nobody in that secondary, not named Buda Baker. They got nobody who can pressure Joe Burrow. Burrow was moving around a lot healthier. Um, but, man, oh, man, Jamar Chase playing football like that, the Bengals are going to be tough to stop on offense. Now, our third and final category for this week is down but not out. Hmm. <laughs> For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. They're down because of how injury riddled that defense is. Matt Milano gone for the season. Jadavius White gone for the season. I mean, the list goes on and on in terms of players that they're losing. They're down, but with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the ability of that run game with Cook now and the two tight ends, Knox and Kincaid, they're not out of it. Josh Allen has played well. They lost, they've lost two games, but it hasn't. only one of them has been because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't lose him that game against Jacksonville. The defense couldn't get off the field. A lot of it, injuries, you know, were a part of that, but the defense kind of let them down a little bit. My down but not out is the Buffalo Bills. Um, so I'm going to kind of steal another situation we've touched on, so I'm going to keep it very short. My down but not out, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, they're one and four, and J- Justin Jefferson's gone for the next four games, so, I mean, they're definitely down. But, as Alex mentioned with the way Cousins is playing, they're not out of it just yet. And they got a game this week against Chicago, so they're not out. I mean, it's a a huge loss, but it's not the only thing. Humbly. Yep. All right, Alex, what do you got? Down but not out. Um, I'm going to go down but not out is the Bears for me. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that, I mean, like, it's probably a surprising pick because they just came off of a 40-20 win. But um, the biggest reason for that is the everybody wrote this team off, right? They were they were what zero and three, zero and four going into the season. Nobody expected them to do anything. They had a really good game against Denver, but still lost. Um, and then Justin Fields had a, a repeat game. Everybody thought that was going to be a fluke, and he wasn't going to be able to do anything. So. Um, he shows up and he puts up the same stat line that he does the, the week prior and absolutely destroys the commanders who've got a relatively good defense this season. Um, and the Bears defense steps up and does what they need to do to prevent them from scoring. So I would say that the Bears are down, but I don't think they're out by a far stretch. What's crazy about that Bears win is, you know, Fields only completed 15 passes and 13 of them went to either DJ Moore or Cole Komet. So yep. it's like a it's like a two-man show in the passing game for Chicago. We'll see how that carries over. All right, boys, let's get into week six. We will uh, start it off with our three favorite bets for uh, week six. What do you guys got for your three top plays? Mm. Uh, 
I mean, this might be ballsy, but I do like the I kind of like the over in the 49ers at Cleveland. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing right now, so that over sits at thirty seven and a half, which is not a very high total. It's just whether or not we're going to get Deshaun Watson playing quarterback because we know that when it was DTR, the Browns only scored three points. I do like that over as well, assuming Watson oh, is the quarterback I'm, for me though. I'm actually, I'm actually assuming the over is going to happen if Watson doesn't play. All right, so you like it regardless. I think the Niners are going to fucking light them up like like it's Christmas. Like, it's like going to be an early Christmas gift. Like, I honestly think they're going to run through Cleveland. I know you that think San Francisco are, can cover the over by themselves almost. I think they could almost cover by themselves, truthfully. Um, I think they're going to roll. I mean. Huh? All right. So, over you like on 37 and a half on San Francisco and Cleveland. What else you got? Uh, this is probably another ballsy one, but let's hope the magic continues. Hey, ballsy worked last week for us because we covered our big spreads. Give me, give, give me the Vikings on the road, man. Give me that two and a half. I think they're gonna win by three. My Vikings <laughs> minus two and a half. Ballsy. I also have, I also have the Vikings as uh, minus right. two and a half as well. So I'm right there with you. I, I think that, like Alex said, Kirk Cousins is playing well. I mean, Justin Jefferson is a huge loss, but I think the Vikings are still, even if it's a road game, I think they're a field goal better than the Bears. Oof. Look, I, I'm at, I, what's your third one you like? Yeah, I was saying, I'm going to give the Bears a little bit of credit on it. <laughs> I, I don't agree with Alex that they're, I think they're, <laughs> you know, no, I still think they're a really bad team, but it's, it's the NFC North, man. It makes no sense. I, I don't know. What's going on with that division? Um, well, we know that the Lions are the cream of the crop, as we all thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. You know. Are you going to go with the Lions up. this week? Well, I I am, get... that's one of Detroit minus the three, even if it's on the road against Tampa, I'm, I'm laying the three with Detroit. That's one of my that's one of my other ones. Yeah, I was leading to that, but I was going to kind of take a play, uh, page out of Alex here to try to just nail a win. Um, I think I'm just gonna, I would take straight up Dolphins money line. Like, there's no reason they're going to lose, even without a chain. Like, they're still going to win. Covering thirteen and a half, I don't know how Carolina could keep up, but I don't know. I mean, Tua did throw three picks uh, or two picks, and there was a fumble against the Giants of all teams. So, so. So my question to you is, What's are, the, are the Giants better than the Panthers? I, I mean, honestly, I would argue yes. Okay. Not, well, not so even... the, Dolphins would, the Dolphins would have covered 13.5 against the Giants, so there's no reason they, they shouldn't cover 13.5 also at home against Carolina. I, it's the big spreads, man. One of them's going to bite us in the ass if we keep taking them. Well, I mean, I, you know, I get it, but I mean, you took no. you took Arizona plus the fourteen, and San Francisco covered the fourteen. You know what? This is your own fault, but whatever. Let's 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 lay that thirteen and a half at home. Let's do it. Well, it. to 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 your point though, right now. what you just said, you don't see how Carolina can keep up offensively. I mean, even without Devon A. Chain, Raheem Mostert's had a great season so far. They still Wilson. have a healthy Waddle. Cedric yeah. Wilson, this you know Jeff Wilson, Cedric Wilson, healthy Waddle, healthy Hill. 
I mean, do you expect Tua to throw three more interceptions against Carolina's defense? Hey, they just I added Claypool. They added Claypool too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't ex- I don't expect Tua to turn the ball over that like that back to back games. So I would be comfortable. I mean, Miami's yeah, going to score in the 30s. Does Carolina yeah, have enough offense to even get it in the 20s? Probably not. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm with you there. So. I've got uh, I've got Detroit minus the three, which I already said. I got Minnesota minus the two and a half, which is just like Matt. My only other one that I've got is I like the Chargers plus the two and a half. I think okay. Dallas's defense is reeling. Monday Night Football Cowboys just got shellacked on national TV last week. I think that they're chokers, like I said. I like the Chargers plus the two and a half coming off of a bye, getting Eckler back, getting Bosa back, getting Derwin James back. I mean, they're going to be healthy. They got rid of J.C. Jackson, who was a cancer, didn't even want to go in and play in the game last week. I think that uh, Dallas, like I said, yes, do they have good players? Sure, but they keep losing more and more good players by the week. So I like the chargers minus or plus the two and a half. What do you got, Alex? Well, we've got our first impasse of the season in betting. Okay. I got the chargers or not the chargers. I got Chicago over Minnesota. So you like the bears getting the two and a half. Yep. Oh, boy. All right. So you like the bears plus the two and a half at home. What else you like? And my reason – I actually picked this yesterday, but my reason for that is Addison's still questionable with an injury. Yeah, they got Kirk Cousins, but they don't really have a running game going for them. And without Justin Jefferson, there's not much they're going to be able to do offensively. They can they can bring – they could put one over the top, knowing they're not releasing the deep ball and force Kirk Cousins to throw it short. So it's not going to look good. All right. So you got like the Bears there plus the two and a half. What other two do you like? I like the Houston Texans over New Orleans plus the one and a half. <laughs> All right, so the Texans getting one and a half at home. Okay, yeah. I had that kind of in the background. I like that one. And I'm not really sure why everybody is taking Arizona plus the seven. I am taking the Rams. Rams minus the seven. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Matt Stafford, Kyron Williams. Yeah, a divisional game. Yes, maybe the Cardinals keep it close for the first quarter because they seem to be a team that, Starts out relatively strong, but throughout all five weeks this season so far, we've seen that the Cardinals, especially on defense, they fade late in the game, and I don't think the Rams will. So you like the Rams minus the seven. Yep. All right. So hopefully uh, hopefully we have another strong week with our picks. Let's get into these week six matchups, some of the ones we haven't touched on. Obviously, the Thursday nighter is an AFC West divisional matchup, Broncos and Chiefs. Right now, Chiefs minus 10.5, the home favorite. Uh, Kelsey battling that knee injury. Uh, Javante Williams, the running back for the Broncos, he's healthy. He's going to play. The Chiefs' defense is probably going to make Russell Wilson's night a living nightmare. I don't expect this one to be close. As much as I would love it if Denver wins, I, I don't see how this is even remotely a close game. Um, that's going to be a really bad Thursday night game. All right, there yeah, it could be. 
It could be one of those ones where I turn it off at halftime. We've had odd games this year. I I got that, but no, like, and I know that's kind of like we all danced around, like all of us, like I took the Dolphins, like big, like, yeah, this is probably a lock spread, but the Chiefs do play the spread terribly. Um, And they're not great ATS, but. I will the say Broncos have been poorly coached, and offense has really, really let them let them down, and the defense even more so. I think the, I think the defense has actually been a bigger letdown in a way because we thought they're actually going to. Oh yeah, good. yeah. The defense has not performed up to par. Now this next matchup over there in London again. You got your nine thirty in the morning game: Ravens, Titans, Baltimore minus four. The question I have in this one is. What kind of Baltimore Ravens team are we going to get? Because they've seen we've seen the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde of the Baltimore Ravens, where there's one week where the offense can get the ball in the end zone, and then there's another week where the offense is allergic to the end zone. So I would say the ultimate Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde team through five games so far has been Baltimore. Well, I mean, if that's the case, right? Last week they couldn't get in the end zone, so this week they should, but I'm taking Tennessee. Yeah, it's gonna. That's gonna be the interesting thing to watch is the way that the defense of the Titans bounces back, especially the run defense. They were so good the first four weeks. They got shredded on the ground against the Colts last week. What does Baltimore do against them, or does Tennessee bounce back? Uh, we talked about the 49ers and Browns a little bit. Matt likes the over. Uh, this could be an absolute drubbing. Uh, the 49ers could go into the dog pound and absolutely dog walk them. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, watching uh, the health of Deshaun Watson is something of note. A game we haven't talked on yet, Washington goes to Atlanta. Right now, Atlanta minus 2.5, over under 42.5. Listen, Washington def- Washington's defense has been poor this season. I mean, yeah, they've battled in some games. Obviously, they've got a couple of wins so far. But in their losses, the defense has let them down. And like we mentioned before, Ritter, you let yet to lose a home game as the Falcons' starting quarterback. Bijan Robinson, I think, is going to be a problem. And if if Kyle Pitts and Drake London can keep things going for Desmond Ritter, they're capable of making plays against a pretty poor Washington Commanders secondary. So just something to watch there. And like I said, the note to keep in mind is that Ritter is undefeated at home so we'll see how that one plays out i i picked washington <laughs> i mean you that's that's fine i, I don't trust i don't trust either of the teams i don't trust ritter to that's be just the only thing like i think Bijan robinson's gonna be a problem and i do think washington is this weird like sometimes they're good but they're not and then sometimes they're bad but they're really not like it's, it's odd um I mean, Alex is calling that Rivera would be probably fired by now, and here we are. Like, they're kind of a competitive team. Odd. Um, I still think he's getting let go. He they, he doesn't want to be there. You can see it on his face. I mean, it, there definitely does not seem to be any kind of spark whatsoever in that organization right now. Um, I, but, think, yeah. I think prime prime situation going into this with Magic Johnson taking over part ownership of this team, right? The, the man wants a, a winning product on the field, so that doesn't – speak well for our division entirely because Washington just no, but um, <laughs> Eric Bieniemy has put life into this team offensively, which is something they've been lacking for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't overlook him getting the interim job 
if Rivera, Rivera is let go this season and then becoming the full-time head coach next season while maintaining the play-calling duties, at least but offensively. You know, I think the stage is certainly set for Biennemi to get the job, obviously. Yeah. I think that uh, the commanders would have to really, really tank the rest of the way for Rivera to get fired midseason. I could see Washington being competitive just enough to where Rivera makes it through the whole year and then gets the ax and they let the enemy go. But we'll see. There's definitely a path for the enemy to be the HC in Washington. Now, a game we haven't talked about yet, the divisional matchup, Colts-Jaguars here at Everbank. It's going to be Gardner Minshew starting for the Colts against his former team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars right now minus four-and-a-half point favorites, over-unders 46-and-a-half. Jaguars have already beaten the Colts earlier this year, so this is a huge game for Indianapolis. It's game two for Jonathan Taylor at running back. How do they use him with Zach Moss being as hot as he is? How do the Jaguars' defense uh, bounce back now that they're back at home against Gardner Minshew? Lots of lots of storylines in this one and what should be a competitive game. Yeah, I think it's actually a bigger game for the Jags than it is the Colts. Um well, yeah, because, I mean, they haven't won a home game. These fans are waiting for them to actually win a fucking game here. Oh, yeah. oh that. Um, I mean, that is a huge point of it. Uh, the other thing, too, like I look at it like this is, you know, here we are with the Jags again. They looked good last week against a good team. What, what do we get this week? Do we get another, hey, this is the team? Or are we looking back like, oh, shit, what's going wrong? What's that? What's happening? What's the issue? Um, yeah, I think ETN will have a good game though. Um, I think he'll be a factor to this game. I think he's going to get moving a little bit more. Yeah, I will say I think whatever team does run the ball better is is going to have a good chance to control the pace, control the clock, and I think that's going to be a big deal. We saw it with Jacksonville last week with their ability to run with ETN, Trevor to take checkdowns. I mean. Trevor's got to hold on the ball. He lost two fucking fumbles, and that's going to be costly. The Colts' defense has actually been pretty good this year. If he turns the ball over, it's going to be a much more, um, a much more uh, highly contested game for the Jaguars if, if they're losing the turnover battle. But it's going to be a good one. And like I said, the Colts definitely have to have this one because they've already lost once straight up to the Jaguars. They don't want to be two back going forward the rest of the season. Now, Bengals, Seahawks, what does Joe Burrow do for an encore as he goes back to the city of Skyline, Chile? Bengals right now, minus three home favorites, over under 45 and a half. Do we think that Joey Ballgame is back, or is that just a bad Arizona team? Oh, he's back. He's back. I, I, I'm, I'm of the narrative that – Yes, Arizona Cardinals are bad, but their defense has, has shown up pretty well throughout most of the games. I think the reason that they're losing these games the way they are is because their defense is on the field so much because their offense can't do shit that um, that they're just gas in the fourth quarter. So I, I absolutely think that you know Joey Bayou and and Jamar Chase and all them, you know, they're I think they're back. They're getting their groove back. They're doing what they need to do. Um, I don't, I don't see them losing to Seattle at all. And, and this will be gotta... interesting, too, for Seattle because, let's be honest, it's not like Seattle's offense blew the doors off uh, in their last game against the Giants. Yeah, they, they scored a defensive touchdown, you know, to pad the scoring stats 
but they weren't exactly explosive or dominant. You know, how does Kenneth Walker do on the ground against that front seven of the Bengals? What kind of Geno Smith do you get? We talk about that on the show all the time. Which Geno Smith are you going to get? You're going to get good Geno. You're going to get bad Geno. We all know that depending on which Geno you get dictates what kind of Seattle Seahawks offense you get. So that's yeah. a big question mark as well. Yep, yep, yep. Patriots, Raiders out in Vegas. Raiders minus three over under 41 and a half. You've got the head coach matchup with McDaniels and Belichick. Neither of these teams are any good. The Patriots are really bad, though. I I would love the Patriots to win just because I don't like to see the Raiders to win. I just don't see how. I mean, New England has nothing going for them. They have no proof of any success that they can even lay their heads on to feel confident going into this game. The Raiders just came off of a, a win, so they've got a little bit of momentum going on. I don't know how the Patriots block Matt Crosby. I don't know how the Patriots stop Devontae Adams. There's just a whole bunch that you can just pour on with the New England Patriots in this game. Belichick did say that uh, Mac Jones was going to continue to start, right? Yeah, Yeah, which I mean, okay, okay, so so that means you're not going to score touchdowns. Exactly. So there you go. That's all you need to know about this game. Yeah, like I said, I'd love for the Raiders to lose, but – There's just too many things going against the Patriots right now. And everybody thought going into this season, you know, okay, Bill O'Brien's back as the offensive coordinator. He's going to clean up Mac Jones. This offense is going to get going in the right direction. You could argue that the offense is worse. Ramondre Stevenson's not running the ball as effectively anymore. Mac Jones is still throwing inaccurate interceptions. They've got no weapons on the outside. They let Jacoby Myers go. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. Myers is good. Juju's not. I mean, there's just a whole bunch, like I said, that you can just pile on the Patriots. Uh, so, I mean, right now, they might be one of the top five worst teams in the league, if not top two. So, we'll see how it goes. Now, we didn't really talk about uh, this one yet. You got the Eagles and the Jets right now. It's Eagles minus seven in East Rutherford. I mean, we talked about the injury to Elijah Vera Tucker on the offensive line for the Jets. We talked about how the Jets' defense is overrated in terms of, you know, their ability to make plays. They're not forcing turnovers. They're not really holding teams down. Can they slow down the Eagles enough to keep it close? And then can the offense keep pace with the Eagles? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Um, with the, with the way we've seen the offense play for them recently, uh, listen, Zach Wilson's doing the same thing. And I'm going to say this, he's doing the same thing that Mac Jones and Daniel Jones are doing. And that is completely overlooking open wide receivers or tight ends at the second level, because they're so used to throwing at the sticks. We saw that the, throughout the entire game with Zach Wilson last week, he had, he had so many opportunities to throw that ball at the second level, not even at a deep range. I'm talking 10, 15 yards and get it to an open guy in the slant and completely ignored it and would check down or throw the ball away or take a sack. So um, unless they can fix that ineptitude, I don't see their offense doing much to score points for them. I know they put a fight and they've got that little camaraderie going like, yeah, yeah, we want to do this, but I just, that's not going to be enough to win against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're, they're undefeated 
this season for a reason. It's not like they're playing bad fucking teams. They're just a really talented football team. Well, and the major question I have is how are the Jets going to block that Philadelphia Eagle defensive line? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter is going to – he's going to enjoy his lunch. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to think that Zach Wilson's going to be running for his life, right? Uh, without Ver- Vera Tucker there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I – the only thing I will say that's weird on this game for me, why are the Eagles only seven – point road favorites if they're that good. that's a good question yeah that is definitely a good question yeah, I that's saw that weird. I would have had new I would have had Philly at minus nine and a half that yeah that line's think, gonna move the closer that gets to the game you, you can you can bet that's gonna drop to three and a half point which well, is even be, worse you, be, think, no, you think people are gonna put you think people are gonna put that much money on the yeah. Jets that the line drops down yeah, because what does this week feel like for, for, for both these teams? What does it feel like specifically for the friggin' Philadelphia Eagles? It feels like a trap game. They're coming into friggin' MetLife. They're playing against a defense that's really good underneath Robert Sala, right? This is a trap game. Nobody's, nobody's expected life out of the Jets since the season started with Aaron Rodgers going down on the fourth play, but yet they're still in it somehow. They're still fighting. So this is a trap game for Philly, and that's why Vegas has laid the line this way. They want people to bet money on this shit. I'm not disagreeing no. that they, but I think it's more for a reason that, as crazy as it sounds, yeah, I guess you could call it a trap game, but is it really a trap game? Because if it's mm-hmm. a, a trap game, would be like a one and at this point, like a one win team. For some reason, the Jets have had two wins and they actually have had moments they look good. Granted, I agree, defense is overrated. Zach Wilson is still, uh, he's definitely Jekyll and Hyde. He's had great games and he's had mediocre games and bad games, like. But there's just something that I'm with Alex, though. Like, there's something being told about this line that I think is to be, tra- you know, what's the game? This could very I think well this be one's going to come down to the Jimmys and the Joes. I mean, you're probably not wrong, but it's it's 100 percent the fight that that the 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 cheat that the Chiefs that the friggin' Jets are showing on their team, right? It's that unit that they're showing. It's that presence that they're putting on the field, right? Everybody sees them and really we've counted them out since Rogers, but again, they're a two win team. So two out of, you know, two and three going into week six is not a shit place to be. It's much better than friggin' one and four. So maybe that's why maybe, maybe there's something that Vegas knows, or maybe it's the script, right? Oh, Philly's got to lose something because the 49ers are going to be the golden child this season. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, like I said, I think that a lot of people are going to look at this and say the Eagles the Eagles are easily a touchdown better than the Jets, but who knows. Now, the biggest line of the week is Sunday Night Football, Giants, Bills. Uh, right now it's Bills minus 14. Um, you know that the Bills are going to be due for a bounce-back game um, after that loss over there in London. We know how crazy Bills Mafia gets – for those games in Orchard Park. I mean, how does this one stay close with just A, how disappointing the Giants have been playing, and then B, all the Giants' injuries, and then C, knowing that the Bills are going to need to bounce back? I think the reason people think it's going to be close is because of all the injuries that the Bills have sustained in the last two games. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely gotten hurt, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Does that help? Does that help the Giants' offense? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I mean, if that um, doesn't if, if that I mean, doesn't I, help the Giants' offense, how does the Giants' offense keep pace with the it, Bills' it, offense? It it might help their offensive line in in allowing less pressure to come to the quarterback. But let's be serious, and I don't I hate that this narrative is being pushed that Daniel Jones might still be starting. It's a neck injury. They won't even give us the grade of the neck injury, which tells me it's more severe than they're letting on to anybody in the media. That being said, Daniel Jones will not be starting under center for this team, which means they're going to have to rely on Tyrod Taylor, who's not good either. Yeah, and the Bills know his capabilities. My my question is, how do the Giants block Ed Oliver, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and Greg Rousseau? Well, Oliver is injured, so he might not be playing. Okay, well, one less guy. But everybody else, yeah, I don't – that's what I said. Um, it, it, it might be a little bit less pressure for the offensive line, but it's not going to be enough to significantly help the offense score more points. We're, we're not an offense. We don't score points. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say is, I mean, the well, line – the fact that we know, we know how the Giants play in prime time. Yeah, that's, that's going to be my last that's, like, little bit. That's, um, that's how we play in prime time with Daniel Jones, okay? That's not the way we play in prime time without him. Stop that. Yeah. Fair, uh, fair enough. Could, maybe it's different. Uh, no. I will 100% stand on this take. This game okay. would look different if the only injury difference was Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones didn't get what? hurt at all, comes into this game, I would honestly say, yeah, I think the, the Giants have a fair shot at this because it is it. injuries on defense. Um, we've seen the athletic enough to make plays, which he can still do, but clearly – you know, getting the shit kicked out of you for, you know, four and a half weeks takes its toll. Um, I do agree. I, I think that there is something more severe about this neck injury than let's, what's being led on, especially since the fact that, oh, I don't know, he's had a prior neck injury. So no, there is – He's not even – he they, they let slip today, and I think they realized they fucked up because I was watching some of the media access to them today. He let slip today that he still has to be cleared for contact to even be able to play. So he's not yeah. even practicing right now. Now, granted. And I, now, I don't, I don't think they meant for that info to get out. So, so he's not well, coming back. Tomorrow's practice is the last contact <laughs> practice that they're going to have. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't playing, they, my guy. Yeah, but remember, they can mock it where he's in contact practice but not. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, I mean, Yeah. This is for his own health. Don't play the kid. That's all I got to say. I, that's what I was going to say. Honestly, in my humble opinion, not because I'm trying to sit here and say that Jones is still the guy. Uh, clearly, that's still to be determined. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I don't like him. It ain't still to be determined. He ain't the guy, yeah, but we, I don't wish any ill will on his fucking health. Like, don't right. play the guy if he's not 100%. Just like, well, don't and, play and let's, and let's be honest. Jones playing or not playing, are the Giants winning this game? Hell no. Absolutely not. So, let him come back healthy, you know, for the next week's game when they got to play Washington in the division. Let him come back healthy. We still ain't winning when he's healthy. That's all I got to say. Well, that's fair. I mean, there has been no proof to dispute that. Other than two quarters. I am a little against the bad team. I am a little intrigued to see what that offensive line 
is going to look like in terms of being, oh, I don't know, a sixth combination or seventh, com- whatever combination we're on to start. It'll be what the be- seventh starting combination of the se- No, it'll be the sixth starting combination sixth. of the season, but it'll yeah. probably be the eighth lineup that we've played. Um, and there's highly likelihood that Pew gets elevated and starts at the, I think, left guard. I'm yeah, over Lemieux, right? Today. For Lemieux, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, over Lemieux. I'm not against From it. what I've heard. If Pew looks like he's ready, he's been there, what, two weeks? So, you know, that it's not a lot of time, but, hey, let's be real. Preseason ain't that long either. Um, Pew's a veteran. He's not been amazing, but you know what? Like, sadly enough, it's an upgrade. I'll take him. I'll take him. Um, well, and we've I'll, seen I'll this. Him. I mean, it's a, it's a tale as old as time that the offensive line musical chairs does not bode well for success. Nope. No. Um, I know, Alex, you might – I don't know where you're going to start on this one, actually, but I at least am happy to see that because as much as there's some serious freaking question marks on this team, I'd at least rather my team pretend like they're going to try to compete because I just think it's a better take and I think it's a better approach for team. At least guys who are going to be coming in next year are going to want to play. But like, oh, hey, at least they try to play. They're not just – Well, they're going to try to compete. I mean, day ball against his his former team, they're going to try to compete. They just don't yeah. have the Jimmys and the Joes. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's a 14-point line for a reason. It's a primetime game. The injuries, it all adds up. So, we'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, we'll be watching one way or another. So mm-hmm. I just like that they're not throwing a towel. And as much as it's frustrating because I kind of just want to be like, okay, season's done. You know, well, you can't throw in the towel yet. It's it's a little too early to throw. You know, it's like our our statement: down but not out. Uh, my, it's my not too early, good, but you can't throw in a towel. We can throw my in the early. towel if they lose to Washington. Then then we can throw that, in the towel. That is a much well, yeah. That is a much more accurate statement. We'll see. But I mean, a week large... six has got some good good storylines, some Does. key matchups. I mean, will you know? Will the undefeated stay undefeated? Will the winless stay winless? The injury bug has hit some key teams with some key players. There's some marquee matchups. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. It's going to bring forth plenty of good content for our show next week. Um, so, be ready. Buckle up your chin strap because the NFL season is 100% in full force. So, for myself and Matt and Alex, it's been another episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time. And we will see you next week.